This episode is sponsored by Codecast and Showcase. When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 159. Mystery episode. Mystery episode. So I'm going to reveal the title to you, Mike. Is work-life balance dead? So you, this is a mystery episode. If you don't know what that is, that means that I wrote the show notes. I wrote it on my phone. Mike is going in sight unseen, and we sort of do sort of loose interview style with Mike, asking him a bunch of questions about a topic. In this case, it's work-life balance with a little bit of a specific spin on it, and I'll get into that in a minute. I'm Matt. That's been talking. That's Mike. That doesn't know what's going on. And this week... This week, we'll be talking about work-life balance, like I said, but is it dead? Have these devices, has the internet, has work from home killed work-life balance? We talked about it a little bit on the show, now we're going to focus on it in this episode. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And now, before I start asking questions, because like I said, this is supposed to be loose interview style, before I start asking questions, I have a bit of a preamble here. And then I'll start kind of going at the questions and Mike and I can have a nice conversation about whether we think that work-life balance is dead, the importance of it, and all that good stuff. I'd like to have a little bit of a preamble here and say that neither of us are doctors, so we're going to be talking about a little bit of mental health stuff. Neither of us are doctors, so this is all our opinion from our own experiences, so do not take any of this as medical advice or anything like that. And now, our feature presentation. So work-life balance is something that we always hear about when discussing mental health and working environments that might be demanding. So with the internet, the idea of working from home was made possible, right? This was before the pandemic. People were working from home with relative ease via the internet. And then with the pandemic, the idea was solidified. And many of our day-to-day lives were actually forced from the traditional office environments into the 21st century with working from home. So, while many people will argue that working from home is great for their mental health, and some argue the opposite, actually, saying that they want their social interactions of the office back in their lives, the writing is on the wall at this point. That work from home is now more common and now more quote-unquote normal than it ever has been before. But work from home comes with its own unique set of issues that many people may not have realized. If you're able to work from home so easily, then you're probably able to work from anywhere with an internet connection, right? Think like a Starbucks or a friend's house, even a new address if you move away from where you live right now. And while some of these options maybe aren't available right now, like maybe you're in an area that's in a lockdown due to the pandemic, and therefore that Starbucks isn't open, many people are looking at the idea of having the freedom to choose where they live, how they work, and where they work 
So, like, do they want to work from that coffee shop if they can? Do they want to work from home? Do they want to work at a friend's house? Do they want to live like a nomad lifestyle, right? And they want to do all this without sacrificing what they do. They don't want to give up that job. They just want to choose where to go, what they're doing, and how, how they're doing it. Oh, I'll choose this laptop, and I'll be on the, on the road here, and I'll stop at coffee shops and connect here when I need to, and I'll use my phone's internet when I need to do this, this and that, and the other thing, whatever. So here's the question. Does this sort of instant workplace mean the death of work-life balance? Does it mean the death of work-life balance? If you're able to work from anywhere, aren't you virtually always able to work? Oh, Think about that. Now, hang yeah. on a minute. I still have a little bit, little bit to go here. So this is a big topic, I know. So I've broken this down into some, some, some questions here that we will be going into. But some people have been experiencing this never-ending workplace for years. Like I said, work from home is not a brand new topic. It's just been more solidified now due to this pandemic. With the invention of the smartphone and mobile internet, remote working has expanded. And again, this was, this was before the pandemic, where they have been unable to escape their work. And, and like, sorry, excuse me. So the, in this situation, people are unable to escape their workplace. They have their mobile phone. They have their mobile internet. They have their laptop. They have the ability to work from home. Maybe, maybe they do work in the office, but they bring their work phone home. Maybe they bring their work laptop home, whatever. And so phone calls, messages, and emails are just seconds away, right? They're right in your pocket with your phone. They're right on your desk. If you leave your, leave your work laptop on your desk, those type of things. And with the invention of mobile internet, specifically high-speed mobile internet, comes the possibility of using your laptop almost anywhere so you can get closer to your work desk on the go, even when you're at like a big event like a hockey game, right? You can bring that office experience home. When internet was first invented, the mobile internet, let's just say 3G, there was even Edge before that. When that was sort of invented, you could do emails, right? A little bit of text messages here and there. You got to wait a little bit for the images to load, but like you can pretty well do it. The reception wasn't too great. You know, the phones are pretty new, but you could do it. It's just text. It's a few kilobytes. You could do it. But now high speed mobile internet exists. And sometimes even homes specifically, excuse me, typically in rural areas, they connect the home internet to mobile towers. That happens in some areas, right? So this high-speed mobile internet really opens up a door. So once again, here is the question, and we're going to have multiple questions that dive into this, and we'll actually answer this later. But is work-life balance dead? So I know it's a packed question. I know Mike already sighed. <laughs> but, okay, Mike, first question. Do you believe in work-life balance? And if so, what type? And by type, I mean, do you like limiting your work hours? So let's say you shut off your work after five. So you work nine to five and then work is off after that. Or do you just limit the amount of hours you work per day? So you don't necessarily work nine to five, but you say, I'm going to work eight hours and then I'm going to scatter that throughout so that if someone calls me at night and I still have an hour left on this schedule, then I'm going to pick up that phone call. I don't care, but I still want my eight hours off, you know, eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours, eight hours rest, whatever. So it's all mixed in. So what do you think about that? Okay. Um, this is going to be a loaded, this is going to be a loaded topic for sure, because I have a lot to say on all accounts. My big thing right now is I'm going to contradict myself a lot and I'm going to be a hypocrite. 
I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Straight up, right straight away. Straight up. Yes, straight up. I'm going to be a hypocrite. But yes, I do believe in work-life balance. I absolutely think that it's achievable, possible, and it's something we should be striving for because otherwise we will go insane. Having said that, right now, I probably don't have it. And it it is on purpose. Like right now, I'll just lay out what's going on. Uh, we kind of finished one contract from uh, from a, a, like a larger company we're now going on and moving on to either a second contract or like another contract, or we're thinking, hey, maybe this HTML of Things podcast, HTML of Things website thing is something that we want to do. Maybe there's a way for us to kind of just, you know, put our like, you know, put our heads down and just do this and be able to work for ourselves, essentially, not have clients, quote unquote. Um, and so with that came me kind of diving into social media diving into content creation and diving into all that stuff that I'm not comfortable with and stuff that I need to get better at. And because of that, I've been kind of just fully in embracing it in all shape, in all shape and form. And what that means, again, like a long story short, I don't really have a work-life balance right now. Like I, like on Sunday, I was, me I, I messaged uh, Matt. I had a three hours, like Twitter space on Sunday, right? We did so much talking there. I was exhausted. And this is a Sunday when I was planning on resting. The week before that Sunday, I had about 15 different meetings with 15 different people, about 15 different opportunities, right? <laughs> all, all over the place. Like it, this wasn't like, you know, nine to five. No, this was like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Like it was all over the place. And I'm doing this right now because as much as I don't like hustle culture and I don't want it to be the norm, for me, I'm so I'm in this point of like imposter syndrome where I don't I feel like I don't belong in some way, shape or form in this sphere because I don't know what I'm doing that I'm just like loading myself with work to make it seem like I actually belong. Um, and again, like we're, we're not medical health professionals in any way, shape or form, but obviously that's not like the greatest mindset to have and something that I am trying to get better at. But it's just the reality of the situation I'm in. I really like what I'm doing right now. I like the you know the community that we've made. I like all that. Um, but it's not easy for me in any, in any way. And the only way I've been able to kind of do it is is by you know breaking all my standards of work life balance and just going into it full bore. That's been the only way I've been able to do it so far. Now, having said all that, I don't intend to keep this up in any way, shape or form. There's no way I could because I would burn out and I know what burnout feels like. I've had it before. I don't want to go there. I've had many people talk to me about burnout. Um, that's another episode completely separate from this one. I think we've had an episode on burnout, but we're going to have probably more. I have some people to bring on for that, but regardless, we're not, I don't want to burn out. So once I've, I'm able to narrow down where I want to go with what we're doing right now, because again, we're kind of like in this phase of like, okay, do we want to do contracts? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? Once I narrow that down, I'm going to go back to shift hard into a work-life balance of like nine to five for work stuff and the rest of the time for family, for resting, for games, for hobbies, like going out hiking and stuff like that. Like I want to go back to that. That's not to say that I don't do all that. Like obviously I'm not working 24-7. I still take days off here and there. I still, you know, hang out with my wife. I still go to, go meet with family and friends. It's just right now it's really sporadic. Like I have I have anxiety just scheduling things with people. 
because I know that those that schedule can change on an instant because if like some random company calls and I need to talk to them, I'm going to drop everything to talk to them because that's the point where I'm at right now in, in my career because we need that that kind of interaction. So I get I get scared by scheduling things. Like I don't like scheduling things with family or friends right now because I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to do it. I it's it's a bad mindset to be in. That's why this episode is an interesting one for us to take right now because we're probably like for me especially, I'm in the extreme opposite of a work-life balance <laughs> as far as I've probably ever been at this point in time. But on the other hand, like I am enjoying what I'm doing and I'm doing it I'm only doing this because I'm enjoying the interactions that I'm having and stuff like that. If I was hating every moment of it, I wouldn't be able to do this and I would have burnt out like three weeks ago. There's no doubt in my mind. So I don't know if that answers your question. Again, I am 100% for work-life balance, but I think that there's a balance in a way that like if you want to do something for yourself and you want to put yourself out there and you want to create something that's not just you know a nine-to-five job, I believe that there's a certain point in time where you're going to have to kind of go full in for a temporary amount to be able to get do that for yourself. And then eventually, as you as you establish yourself, as you figure out where your energy is best spent, you start drawing back and becoming and, and putting concrete boundaries around work for yourself. Well, there's also this and there's a question about this later that we'll dive into as well, because it's, it's a little bit loaded. But there's a, there's also like the question of whether you whether you you know need work life balance if you're passionate about what you do. But also there's people that actually get anxiety from forcing a work life balance on themselves. Some people, they force it on themselves and it works for them, obviously, but then other people will force it on themselves. And now all they do is think about work, just not do it for the period of time in which they've said, no, this eight hours, I'm going away to do this. This eight hours, I'm going to do that. So there's 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 kind of a messy situation there that, again, we'll unpack in a, in a question in a bit here uh, because it kind of plays into the questions that are around it. But I like your take on it. Uh, and you're right. You know, there there are times where it's like, OK, that's it. Like, I have to I have to, like, hit this hard. I have to do this and I have to do that. And I've had, like, conversation with a few friends as well about this. And, I, and I've said, like, one of the things that that kills me about tech in a way, and like, I'm sure a bunch of other industries experience this as well, is that you can't just or you don't maybe maybe can't isn't the right word, but you, you don't just leave it or it doesn't just shut off when you leave. If you're a welder or something at a, at a place, you know, all your equipment and stuff is generally at work. And sure, you might be on call or something like that. But a lot of my friends that are in the trade, so kind of taking this opinion from them, they love the fact that when they leave the workplace, they're done. They don't have to worry about it. You know, someone else is usually there's another scheduled welder. There's another scheduled mechanic. There's another scheduled whatever at the workplace covering that time in which the machines need to keep working. The metal needs to be welded, this and that. So they like the fact that they leave work and it ends there where I'm willing. And I've like this is the conversation I've had with my friends recently is that I'm willing to work even do like the long shifts. If there's something that comes up and I need to do something that takes forever, there was like a thing maybe four weeks ago where I remember I did like two 16 hour shifts and like an 18 hour day or something all in that one week. I'm willing to do those things, right? I'm willing to do those things, but I really dislike, and this leads into the next question. I really dislike this, this blend of life and work to the point where I'm just constantly, like, I feel like I'm constantly working and there's no like shut off. 
And this comes into, again, this is like a bit of a foreshadowing future questions, but this also plays into the fact that there are activities that you do in life that require full attention, including just driving someplace or just hanging out with a group of friends. And when you're interrupted by stuff that keeps coming in because you can't like leave work at work or like, oh, this website needs to be up 24 seven and this and that, like there's always this like impending doom or at least in my head, there's always like this impending doom that I think about uh, when I can't leave stuff behind. But to bring it back to Mike's point, when you're really passionate about something, like Mike and I will chat about the podcast all weekend, but I will try my best not to really work too much on the weekend just because lately, and it might be a burnout a little bit, but like lately I've been like freaking out every time like work tries to like bump into my personal time and that's like a new thing like that used to not really do that too much it used to do it off and on now it's like a consistent thing it's possibly burnout who knows um but because i don't but the thing is is like is like clearly i'm passionate about the podcast and i'm passionate about getting our site up and this and that and the other thing and so it doesn't feel like work and so that plays a big part in it so i know i just kind of like set a bunch of stuff there and like, it's pretty packed, but this is, this is, this episode is packed. They know this is like a really opinionated episode. Who does what, who does whatever. And so Mike's take on taking things, uh, like in this case, he's hitting it hard now, but he knows that he'll have the balance later as a result of hitting it hard. Now makes total sense. It's the same thing that I was doing a few weeks ago when I did the two sixteen and the 19 or whatever it is, our shifts. It's like, I hit it hard then. Cause I just wanted it done. Cause I wanted like that weekend for your, Something. I think it might have been a couple months ago, but something like that is why I did that. So, or a deadline or whatever. So that is, that's my take on that as well. Okay. Next question here. Oh, and then I clicked the wrong button and it closed everything. Okay. Do you think constantly being at the ready? On call without actually being on call. Is, Is it bad? Is it bad for your mental health? You're constantly there. I think I said this the other day where your phone's in the phone holster and you're just like ready to rock wherever you are. Like, whoa, I'm ready to take these calls and like make sure these websites are up and running. Is that waning on your mental health? Because there's places that will schedule an on-call person. You're on call the first week of every month. So sure, you might be on edge that month or that week, but now the rest of the month, you know that someone else is covering you and you're not going to be called in in general. Maybe there's going to be some extenuating circumstance, but in general, someone's covering that position. Okay. So what about work-life balance in that sort of case? Do you think that constantly being ready is is bad? Does it affect work-life balance? Do you need to have in your work-life balance, like if you leave your job at, at 5 p.m. and then you, you know, you go to do whatever you want to do, I don't know, cut the grass or go do something fun. But you have that potential call that comes in. Is all that type of stuff bad for mental health? Is it bad for work-life balance? Does it affect it? What do you think, Mike? Okay. And this is a great, like, second question, I think, because it leads perfectly into kind of your situation right now, too. So for me, I don't have too, too many critical things that I'm in charge of right now that make me, quote-unquote, on call, on call, right? Um, So... Yes, I do work in off hours and I do take calls in off hours, but 
for in the back of my mind, I know that these are not critical calls. I'm doing it because again, it's the passion. It's the, it's the fact, the drive that I want to get past this point where we're at right now as quickly as possible to find the next thing that I want to do. So that, that to me doesn't make me feel like I'm on call. That just makes me feel, yes, I'm exhausted from doing that and stuff like that, but it's not like one of those panic moments. Now, shifting it towards you a little bit, you're in charge of a lot of our like small business sites, which means you're in charge of the hosting, you're in charge of uh, like any customer service and stuff like that. And there's there's a, quite a few small business sites um, looking back on it. So you're technically on call if something were to go down with those sites and applications. That's a different type of on call. And that's an on call like that is difficult to manage for me, for me as well. I don't like that type of on-call. Now, what we've done recently is we have we have a contractor. We've kind of taken some of the responsibilities that you were having being on-call, put it to that contractor to kind of give you a little bit of a break from being on-call and from being like aware all the time and stuff like that. And the other thing that we've done for the most part with our clients, especially our paying clients, we have an SLA in place where like there's a 24 hour ideal turnaround time and a 72 hour worst case scenario because we can't like we don't usually work weekends right so those two things plus the the contractor are some are the steps we've taken to kind of solve the problem for you matt but i fully understand that feeling of like i you know you can't enjoy the thing that you're doing if you're constantly in the back of your mind thinking hey what if that site goes down and someone is freaking out on the phone at me and that's, again, another reason we bought you a second phone is because you're the one that has to deal with that crap right now. Like, it just made sense at the time because now if you're out, you tell everyone you're out. That's that's fair. It's part of our SLA. And you tell them, hey, like, I'm not going to be accessible. You don't even take your second phone with you. So in in a sense, I think as someone that has to manage a bunch of sites and has to be on call all the time. If you don't set boundaries for your customers, it it you can't have work life balance. It's the same thing with like a police officer that's on call or a, a nurse that's on call or a doctor that's on call. Like they can't go out well, when they're on call. They can't go out and like drink. They can't do any like they can't go out with their friends and and like you know do fun fun things without thinking in the back of their mind that hey they might have to go and you know save someone's life or something like that. Now ours are a lot lower stake than that, obviously. But it's the same kind of mentality that like if you're always on call with no contract set in place that, you know, you you can't respond, like you have to respond 24-7, you're not going to be able to have a normal work-life balance. There's just no way. Now, it affects you a little bit differently because we have that contract in place, but you still like you still couldn't get past that feeling of like, you know, being on call, which it, it's it makes sense because, again, like. They do call and they do expect you to pick up right away, even though you have told them many times that you're not going, you're probably not going to because you're out at that time or whatever. But regardless of the fact, like we are putting stuff, stuff in place to do that. That's why we're going down this route that we're going in with the content creation and, uh, and HTML things podcast and all that and all the stuff around that is to get away from us having to be on call. The other thing that we've talked about, and you can chime in here with this, is like bringing on a separate team to handle our, our clients. So potentially slowly migrating everything over to a completely separate team, managing that team, bringing on clients to them. And then again, they're the ones that are on call. So and we, we, we can schedule shifts for them. So they're not going insane as well. So I've said a lot. Uh, 
I know like it, it it's not a clear answer, but in my opinion, yes, it, it's not you're not able to do work life balance if you're constantly on call. It's one of those it's one of those small business things too, right? Like you're saying, like we're working with small businesses, but we are excuse me, we ourselves are a small business. And so what you have that whole like push and pull of like I, I, and and again, like whether this is burnout now or whatever, but like it just started waning on me that I was like, holy crap, like all these people might call at any time. And I would get this like buildup of anxiety where I would check my phone and be like, okay, good. We're clear. Like there's nothing here. And then like a few hours later, I'd be like, what if someone called like five minutes after I checked and their site's been down for three hours and like they're freaking out. And I would just like have that like way, like way in all the time. And then I would like quickly like check it and be like, oh, thank All right. Whew. No one called. And then like the, it would like build up again. And so like. The phone has helped because absolutely you're saying like, you just don't take it with you. I'd be like, nope, like it's after hours or whatever, or like I'm busy that day. You know, we have no set meeting that day or whatever. Don't care. That's it. But like, you're right. Like, you know, we, you need to, it's kind of one of those things where we needed, we needed to identify that that was a problem. And then like, we're dealing with it. So we have a contractor that deals with one of the larger responsibilities now, Uh, we have the SLA in place where we tell people, Hey, this is our target time. This is our actual like delivery time, this and that, uh, stuff like that. And so it keeps people at bay. And so you, what, what, if you're experiencing this is, is what I I guess I'm advertising now is if you're experiencing this as a listener, you know, you need to start taking steps. Like it's not going to be an instant fix. Uh, cause we had the SLA and, and the agreements before, and then now we had, then we had a phone and now we have a contractor as well. Uh, and they've all helped, but like, I think the major thing that will help alleviate, at least for me, the anxiety and the, and the freaking out effectively is that there's someone there that's going to help. And you yourself are like, in our case, we have the contractor, but you yourself are taking action to help alleviate your own problem. So you're putting in those service agreements. Okay, that's one layer. Okay, maybe you're going to get a phone. That's one layer. You're going to get another contractor. That's one layer. Maybe a team eventually. That's another layer. And the layers will change depending on your own your own uh, like needs and what your company is and what you do and whether you even care about support, whether these people pay for it, like whatever. Everyone is different. But I think the important thing is, is that you need to move toward the goal. And in this case, our goal was, okay, like, we got to we got to simmer this situation down basically we got to simmer the situation down we got to we got to calm it down because it's starting to like cloud like even when i was like working it'd be like i'd get derailed all the time like oh someone messages me now i'm like thinking about that and researching that and so i wouldn't get anything done so like now it's like the main thing you need to, that you that you really need to do is if you have a problem like that is to move towards a solution even if you're not sure if it is the solution it might be a part of the solution like it was in our cases with the phone and this and that maybe it is the solution and you just don't know but i at least personally it makes me feel better when i'm working towards fixing the issue that's causing me the the effectively the pain or the anxiety or the worry or whatever it is um or just like the overworking or whatever it is in your particular case Working toward fixing that, adjusting that, being in control of the situation or working to get ahead of it, in my opinion, and for me, it helps It helps with the feeling of being like, I'm stuck. What do I do here? Like, what do I do if someone calls? It alleviates it. It makes it a lot more calm. And so it does help. So that's, that's again, I'm not a doctor, but this is my, this is my thought process on it. Um, okay, next question here okay 
this is an interesting one. Do you tailor your life activities? For example, where you vacation such that you're able to hop on a call or start working at a moment's notice. For example, oh, I can't go hiking. There's no reception out there. I can't go to this place. There's no high-speed internet there. And Mike and I have discussed this in the past about Mike's current or Mike's past situation with with one of our clients. So Mike, what do you what's your take on this? Do you tailor your life activities? Should you do it? How does it feel? <laughs> All that stuff. Right. Um I do. I do tailor them. I think we, we have talked about this before, but not to an extreme. Like I will go hiking when there where there's no reception as long as it's for like, you know, half a day or a day, like it's fine. But am I going to go to a resort for a week that doesn't have Wi-Fi? No, it's just not going to happen at this point in our career. Uh, maybe in the future it will. Uh, but right now I, I feel more comfortable. Like it's, it's bad. Maybe this is a bad thing. Maybe this is bad for work-life balance, but I personally feel more comfortable if I'm able to at least check my messages to make sure that there are no serious fires, to make sure that there is nothing blocking a certain issue and stuff like that, that I could solve in, like, you know, in, in five seconds or a minute or two. If there's something serious that needs to be solved when I get back, okay, like that sucks. And I think we'll talk about this in a second, but essentially what that'll do is that'll put like a seed in the back of your mind that will might ruin your entire vacation where you're going to be like, maybe I can't solve this now, but I'll have to, you know, solve it when I get home. I've seen it happen to my, to my dad. In fact, like he, we were on like a vacation, I think in Mexico or something like that. And, uh, again, we were, we, we had internet. So he checked his email one day and there was some stuff that went down and essentially for the entire rest of the vacation, every time we would have dinner or wherever we were, he would be talking about that. So obviously it affected him negatively the whole time because he couldn't solve it where we were. But he was able, like he, that didn't stop him from thinking about it constantly and obviously putting a damper on things. Now, we still had fun. We still had a good time. And he obviously forgot about it here and there, but it always was on the back of his mind. So that is a problem. Uh, and that is something that like I could see happening. I haven't personally had that happen to me yet. I guess maybe I'm lucky. Maybe something like even when a situation has gone down, it usually doesn't affect me that much. Um, but I've had it happen like on a smaller scale where like something went down, but I was able to answer anyway. So regardless, I haven't had a serious situation where it like ruined my whole vacation, but I could for sure see that happening. Uh, so again, to reiterate, I do pick my vacations to make sure that I am able to access the internet so that I'm not left in the dark. I can't right now go on like a five day camping trip in the middle of Algonquin Park, which is like a big national park here in Canada with no internet and uh, be comfortable the whole way through at this point. I'm hoping that in the future, I'll be able to shift and focus more on the work-life balance aspect and be able to take a full week off completely phone, no phone, no internet, nothing, because I do miss that, those like vacations that I've had before in the past. You know, it's interesting too, because if you like, I, if you think about this, um, I will tailor myself less, but I think you find yourself tailoring a little bit, uh, which is kind of interesting. I think that I think that what happens, what would I say, is like you ta- you tailor your activities, like what you're saying, so that you have access to something that you don't want to do. 
So you're out in whatever. You're in some resort. It has high speed Internet. Hooray. And then you're, you know, at the bar or you're at like an event there and you're hanging out. And then all of a sudden, but hey, like phone rings. Hey, this uh, this landing page isn't working. So now you can now you're going to leave the event, go to your room, grab a laptop. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's like even if it's a two second fix, it's a problem. Um, I would say it's a problem. No, it is. I would it say is. it's a problem uh, because it, even if it's a two second fix. OK, fine. Now now that's gone. But your dad is probably the same as me in that regard. The little story you told about your dad, because it, it to me, it, I, it would dominate my thoughts like, holy crap. Like, did we take a backup? Is this corrupt? Is that corrupt? Is this broken? Uh, is the backup accessible by the person that's going to be looking at it? Is uh, is it going to be up at all? Are they going to call me? What time zone am I in? I'm on vacation. What time zone am I in? Am I going to have to wake up super early now? And it will completely derail everything. And sure, I might still be at the bar or at the event, but my thoughts are not dominated by by this uh, this area that I'm in, this vacation that I, I'm doing. It is now dominated by this issue that needs to be fixed. Now, one thing I would like to also point out is that, and I think this is like a natural human thing, and this is, and I don't know, like someone who knows can comment on this, but... You know how people will say it takes a few days for me to unwind? I think there's like a natural unwinding, if you will, of like people where they will be worried about work for like several days. Like let's say they go on a seven day vacation. They might work for worry about work for five days and the last two days they're okay. Maybe they worry about it the whole seven days. But if they go on, let's just say a two week vacation and everyone's probably going to be different, they'll naturally decide like, oh, I don't care. Like even if it's something critical, let's say you're you're like – I mean, like, let's say you're doing something really critical, like you really need to have this e-commerce store open because it's this small business's only way to make money during the pandemic. And something goes wrong, a license lapses or something like that. Something goes wrong. You will be freaking out about that a little bit, or at least I would be, even like, even if something hasn't broken. So I go on vacation that store is still working, but I'm going to be like constantly thinking about it just a little bit, though. Like, it's not going to dominate my thoughts because there's nothing gone wrong. But if I don't have my work phone with me and I can't check my email within like the fourth or fifth day, I'm going to be like, yeah, well, I guess it's down then. Like, it's almost like you get a clarity to it. And like, it sucks for that other small business if it's down. But it wasn't like you went in and did something nefarious. It wasn't like you promised them 24-7 uptime. It wasn't like you promised them you know, more than whatever, assuming you haven't, right? It's like you, it's like there's a natural clarity that comes from unwinding from that thing. And it's part of like human, like, at like adapting to stuff, right? Like people always say like, I couldn't do X thing, but like put in the situation, it's not as bad as they realize because they're given that situation. So it's almost like, Mike, if I took your phone and cut the internet cable to your, to your resort, like if you went to a resort, for two weeks and the internet was down for some reason. Like, are you going to like be like, holy fuck, I have to leave. I have to cut this short. I got to get back to an internet connection. No. Right. And so like the thought in my head is like, what happens if the internet just dies and you're unable to contact them? I mean, if the most important project that you're working on goes down for two weeks, sure. The people might be pissed. 
Sure, people might like get angry, whatever. And like at the worst, maybe they'll sue you or something, which is really bad. So obviously, see, like all these things, right? All these things are going to be bothering you. But if you're like unable, like you, you're unable to do it, you're probably going to just for yourself, you're going to unwind and be like, yeah, fuck. And you're going to probably get like a clarity that you haven't had in a while. So, so just to, just to butt in a little bit here, um, I like for the most part, I agree. But for why I go to a resort that has Wi-Fi over one that doesn't is actually more for me than it is for the clients. Like I usually what I'll say is like, I'm not going to be able to do anything during this time. Like I don't, I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I set those expectations early. Right. But it's again, one of those things that if something were to go wrong and I can solve it in five minutes, I would love to be able to do that for my own sanity. And that's why I go to those resorts. If the internet went down, like you said, and it's just gone, uh, I would. It wouldn't bother me so much because, like, I tried whatever. Like, it, I, I told them that I'm not going to be there, so I don't. For me, I like I don't go crazy with thinking like, oh, someone's going to sue me or so, something's down and it's exploding. Like, it's just not, um, not, not part of my mindset for the most part. I'll just kind of continue with the vacation. But on the other hand, like. There's another extreme of this. So I another story. I'll tell another story. Uh, I was in San Francisco for a like w- w- my cousin's bachelor party. Doesn't matter. Um, and there was a couple guys there. They were both startup guys, uh, both developers, and they they had their own little development business that they got funding for. And they were out with us. Like it was, I think, two a.m. at some club, and their app went down. Right, and they both. Immediately, like not thinking about it, like just said, okay, we got to go. And then they just left from on the taxi, went home and worked for 18 hours straight to get the app back up. Like that is a different level <laughs> of not having work-life balance. Uh, and that is a totally different kind of, like, I, I, that's not healthy in my opinion. It's for sure not healthy. Now, what that led to was some great stuff for them. Like I'm not going to go into it, but they're like, they were successful in the end like really successful. And uh, maybe it was because of that kind of work ethic. Maybe it was because of that kind of insanity. Like I, 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 I amount that to insanity, if that makes sense. Because like to be able to just drop something that you're doing mid doing it, going home and then not sleeping for another like essentially 24 hours to finish it is something that like it's, it's a totally different level that I'm not accustomed to and I wasn't accustomed to at the time. Uh, and I'm still not accustomed to like, that's not something that I would picture myself doing. Maybe something, maybe I would do it now that like where we have this business and we want to, we want it to succeed and all that. I don't know, but regardless, that, that was a crazy situation. Uh, so again, it's, it, it is kind of like an all over the place spectrum, this work-life balance thing. Just a quick word from this episode's sponsors. All right, Mike, I want you to drop whatever it is you're doing. Drop the microphone, actually. Actually, oh, oh okay. Mike is now gone from the podcast. <laughs> I've dropped everything that I was doing. <laughs> I am listening. I am listening and I'm a tent. Broken microphone and all because I want to talk about this episode's sponsor, CodeCast. Now, if you haven't tried out CodeCast, Mike, CodeCast is, think about it like the live streaming platform for developers. Basically, instead of just having a screen being cast where you can just zoom in your editor so people can see it and you record your screen for YouTube later or you're just doing the live stream thing. No, no, no. This is where you can actually have video and code together. 
you can actually interact with the code that's being written. And as the developer that's teaching, the teacher, the person that's casting, as they work on some files and change some things around, you can actually see that being done in sort of this little editor thing right there in the video. And to be clear, it's not just a video. As I was doing earlier, I went into some file structure and I was clicking around being like, where is that SCSS file? Oh, there it is. That makes sense. That's what they're referring to. Stuff like that. Now, to be clear here, though, it's not just for those of you that are trying to learn. You can also be a creator on this thing. You can go in there, sign up for an account, and be a teacher. If you want to teach someone something like, hey, I know all about SCSS and I really want people to know about it. I know all about X programming language. And I really want people to know about it. Absolutely, go on there, become a teacher. But if you want to learn, there's tons of casts on there that you can you can watch. This is a community-focused platform that is structured for developers by developers. And if you're a person that wants to teach on there, their Unique Studio allows you to create casts on Mac, Windows, and Linux. And just like many other live stream platforms out there, there's things like live chat. It also records the live stream in case you missed it or in case you had to leave halfway through so you can easily re-watch it and you can still interact with that little code thing that I was saying. So if you're interested in this, please go check it out. That's codecast.io slash HTML, all the things, so they know that we sent you. All right, Matt, I want to just talk a little bit about Showcase right now. So Showcase is a social media platform directed at developers. And it has a lot of unique kind of twists to it that will really benefit you if you're out there trying to kind of connect with people, build a community and find new opportunities for work or whatever else it is you want to do as a developer, maybe collaborations. Uh, the way it works is that you kind of sign up and it has a feed very similar to all the other social media platforms, but the feed is only going to be filled with developer related content because again, their core audience is you. It's the developer. And what they're going to be able to do with that is like when you're posting, you can actually post code inside of your posts and they'll have the, you know, the syntax highlighting and all that. That's just like a tiny little feature that they added, but it's a huge difference for us as a developer trying to, you know, share the work that we're doing and be able to interact with it. It's great because when I post on there, I get feedback directly from the target audience that I want to get feedback for. So honestly, if you are looking to maximize your career opportunities, it's a great time to join up. Not only is it targeted at developers, it's a new platform. Because it's a new platform, you actually have the opportunity to have some input into it. So when you find a bug, you can kind of directly contact Showcase at Showcase's Twitter handle. Uh, you can get your input in there and get it targeted, get it fixed, and get it made just for you. So we have a limited time code here. It's currently only invite only. So again, this is kind of a a really special deal for our audience. We have a limited time code. It's completely free. You just have to, when you sign up to the site, it's showcase.com with two W's. That's showcase.com with two W's.com. Uh, and we, when you sign up and you register, use invite code join hat. And that's J with a capital J. So join with a capital J. And hat is all capitalized. And hat is H A T T. And that's it. That's all you need to do. And again, try try it out and let us know what you think and now back to the episode another story another kind of situation for work-life balance i'm just going to go all over the place since this is a crazy topic my my wife is from russia i'm from russia she's worked in russia for her whole life um 
in Russia, the work-life balance is completely different from here in North America. They have, instead of having like a week off, like I, I personally, I don't know anyone that's taken more than a week off in Canada. Like people have two weeks or three weeks of vacation. They usually take it like a week at a time, whatever. Like there's barely anyone that I know that's taken two weeks. In Russia and in other countries like European countries, it's actually very normal to take a month-long vacation. Like that's a standard thing. You mm. take a month off. This unwinding period. Exactly. So you have that couple of days of unwinding. You have those things. And then you have a vacation. <laughs> and then you have a little bit of time to come back and like get, get back into the flow of things and wind back up. Because a month is a much better period of time to be able to do all that and fit all that in than just like a two a one week thing like in my opinion the north american work-life balance is broken in general right canada maybe is a little bit better than the states but in general like two weeks off a year is just doesn't make sense it's just not enough like it's insane to me now matt and i barely take even those two weeks i would say at this point so we're again i'm contradicting myself i'm speaking from a place of nonsense whatever i understand that but in my mind as i move forward with my life and i you know i get older my mindset is on hey i want to build this for myself like i want to build html all the things i want to build my own career path so that i can take that time for myself in the future because I don't want to be stuck at a job where I, I I can't take two weeks off. Because a lot of times, like, yeah, you might have two weeks, but they won't even let you take it off in a row because of the disaster that it'll cause with, like, you know, customers and clients and all that. Like, it's just a disaster to even take any time off here because it's not thought through. Like, the process of vacation is not thought through in a North it's American seen as, work it's, culture. It's seen as lazy. Like, uh, Correct. It's seen as lazy. And honestly, like, not to interrupt you, but a lot of this stuff makes – and, like – and like, just this is just my thought, but like, when you hear about the, when when I hear the story about your uh, your friends there that were working eighteen hours straight, like right after being at a club, this and that, and all the rest of it, it makes me feel weak. Like I'm like, oh, I, I'm weak. I'm the guy out. So then it makes like this 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 competitive environment pop up in my head where I'm thinking, oh, I need to do that, and then I like I'll work all night, you know, and that that's, but I don't want to do that. So then I don't do that. And then I have like this imposter syndrome where I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm an idiot. Like I'm, I'm weak. I shouldn't be in this industry. I need to go to something that's easier, this and that. When And then when I think about it with some clarity, I think this is ridiculous. Like I am doing a bunch of work. <laughs> like it's not like I'm not doing anything. It's not healthy. It's yeah. It, yeah. Like it's, 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 it's. It's like a I don't know if imposter syndrome is the word, but it's it's like that, or maybe it is that. I or, think it is. It, it, it's probably a form of it, right? It's it, because it makes you feel like, man, those guys did like ninety hour work weeks. Like, I'll do one twenty, you know, or something crazy. It's like the competitive spirit. And and again, like if you're really into something, you really love like podcasting. Like if you really love gaming and you're working at a gaming channel and like you're making videos, like a gaming YouTube channel, you're making videos and that takes you 120 hours a week, but you really liked it. I mean, that's totally a different scenario. I think a lot of this stuff comes down to the fact that, and we talked about this in the past, where some people are web developers, some people are their profession, if even if it isn't web development, obviously. Some people are their profession all the time. They are their profession. But some people are not to their profession. Some people do their profession for money. Maybe they like it, but then they want to like go and go skiing on the weekend or something. And I think that is more the people that need the work-life balance. Maybe again, this is all kind of like experimental. We're just chatting, 
But I think people like that is more who we're talking to. People who aren't just, in this case, a web developer. They want to go and do something else. But some people are like, some people are going to get ahead of you if you're not just a web developer. And that makes you feel bad. Because that guy over there in, you know, Cubicle 1, he's the team lead. He got there in a year. Why? Because he literally coded for 12 hours a day. You're here working here for eight hours a day. You do your eight hours. You do your thing, whatever. Maybe there's the odd day of, of overtime. Maybe you do a little research on the side or whatever. You're doing your job. You know, there's no there's no flags. No one's like, hey, you're a bad developer. Hey, we got to pull you into the manager's office. Maybe they're, like there's none of that, right? There's none of that. So you're doing your job. You're doing it, whatever. But you're going to feel a bit of that imposter syndrome, a bit of that anxiety, a bit of that worry because the guy in cubicle one is progressing faster than you. Well, of course he is because he's coding all the time. Yep. And so it's always the question of like, oh, like, should I be doing that? And and in my opinion, no. Like, I, I think that that is a – it's just, ins- again, insanity. I'm going to go back to that word because it's just – it's not sustainable. Like, maybe that guy loves what he's doing. Maybe he does. Even then, I don't think it's sustainable over a long period of time. And what what companies should worry about is sustainability within their workforce. And there's so many examples of just terrible kind of culture, work, work culture here, especially at, at least at least like around me, uh, where like no one takes a sick day. They'll come into work and like cough all over you and be like, look, I'm tough because I'm not taking a sick day. Oh, get yeah. In school, here. too. In school, too. Yeah. Get out of here. Like, stop coming into work. Get go and take a goddamn sick day. As soon as like a boss will take a sick day. Everyone all of a sudden takes sick days because they, <laughs> they because they see that it's okay. Make it okay. Say it in meetings sometimes. You know what I mean? Like if someone wants to take a day off, like as a personal day, every once in a while, like they're not doing it every day, every every like every once in a while, not a big freaking deal. Take a day off. We're not going to crash. Like the company will not crash and burn if you're not here for eight hours. I promise you. That is the kind of like for me personally. That's the mentality that should be pushed. What What is pushed is the exact opposite. I'm here. I'm coughing on you. I'm going to puke in the corner and I'm going to get back on my desk and I'm going to work 12 hours. That's bullshit. <laughs> why? What are you you're, doing? You're like, right. What are you doing for this company? Like what, 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 why are you doing that for a company? You're trying to prove that you're tough. Like, like you were saying, Matt, like these guys like are just trying to prove that they're tough or something, but it's just a terrible mentality in the long run. It's a terrible mentality in the short run because you're driving everyone else insane. Like the person that's actually sick and wants to stay at home is not doing that because they're seeing their coworker puking in the corner and still being at work. They're like, well, I can't go. I can't be at home if this guy's puking like on me. I have puke on me right now, so I can't be at home. <laughs> but like it's ser- like th- that's seriously like the, 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 some of the mentality of these people out there. I, I'm not – Again, if you're one of those people that are just like crazy about work and refuses to to stay at home and stuff like that, okay, like fine. But just I don't know. It's it, it, that is insane to me. Like I, I feel like as a manager or as someone in leadership, they need to be the ones that set the example. They need to take the time off themselves. They need to take the vacations properly. They need to state in like when they see a co a, co- a worker come in, obviously sick. Because they're trying to be quote unquote tough, they need to just send them home and berate them almost. Work from home. Work from home. We're talking to like, work like from if home you're or just don't work one day. Or, or yeah, yeah. If you're sick, sick, like get out of here. Like, yeah. you know, if you're actually ill, then don't work. If you're just like contagious, but you're okay, work from home, get out of here. Yep. Crazy. 
Yeah. I like I like that you brought that up. I didn't bring up any sick day things, and that's really that's super interesting. I've always hated the idea of people being like, well, you only have 10 sick days. I was like, oh, let me just type that into my <laughs> arm and then I'll make sure that I don't get ill for more than like come on, like shut like shut up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, go away. Go sit over there. Um, okay. Couple of real basic questions, and then we got a couple of uh, bigger ones later here. So, how quickly do you check your phone? Is the ringer and notification sound on all night? No, I I turn my ringer turns off at 10 p.m. So you are using like a hard, a hard set. Like, okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, get after, out of here. After 10 p.m., I still check my phone, like to to do what I want to do. But I don't care if someone messages me. Like, I'm not going to rush to my phone because it's not even on. Like, if the the ringer's not on. I'll be calling you at 9:59 every night. Yeah. That's fine. I, I won't get it. It's on silent. <laughs> What? 959? Oh, 959. That's oh, right. No, yeah, yeah. Found the loophole. It'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one. It's very similar. Do you answer emails, calls, and messages during your personal time, assuming you've assigned a personal period of time? Uh, every once in a while. I do it pretty rarely, to be honest. Like, I'll read a, a message and I'll decide if I want to do it. But I have very few messages that re- like require me to answer it right away. You know what I mean? Um, now, again, I say that and contradict myself with the fact that last su- Sunday I read my message, hopped on a call for three, uh, hopped on a, a, a Twitter space for three hours and like pretty much passed out from anxiety after that. So I have. I <laughs> oh, have my some, God. I know. Like- I, I have some like contradictions, but overall, I'll see the message come in. I might not even read it. If it's on my off time, honestly, like I, I have done that many times. And like, honestly, like that's just the way it needs to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you talk to like, I talk to some people that work in IT because I used to work in IT, obviously. And um, like they'll they'll just say stuff like, oh, yeah, like it would be perfect to do this on a Saturday. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're 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 rearing a go for that. eh? Like, hooey, <laughs> like, let's get that system updated. You know what I mean? And I realize <laughs> it needs to be done and it needs to be done on off hours and this and that. And those are those periods of time in which you need to work overtime and this and that. I know I'm not saying that, but like these people throw around their weekends, like as if they have unlimited amounts of them, which is, which is hilarious to me, which is like, like, they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, next Saturday I got to do this update and the next Saturday I got to do that update. And I'm like, what about like, like, are you on call for these people? And they're like, well, they're not paying me, but if they call me, I'm going to answer them within two hours. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're on call. You're just not being paid to do that. So you're working. You're just not being paid. And it's like, well, no, I'm not working. Like, I'm doing what I want. It's like, wait, wait, are you? Because you may be tailoring your whatever, this and that. And people throw around their weekends and answer their phone super quickly, super quickly. Even emails that don't need to be answered. It's like, because these people are just like, oh, well, this needed to be done. Like, this happened on Sunday. It needed to be done. And it's sort of like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. Maybe you're a startup just starting out. Maybe you're trying to prove yourself in the beginning. Like Mike said, there's some projects that take up a lot of time, but there comes a point when it's like, holy crap, like this, this is, this is not sustainable. I remember sitting in the break room one time at work and there was just like some random person. I don't even know who they were talking in there. And they just said something like along the lines of, I'm willing to pick up the call all the time, or I would, or I was willing to pick up the call all the time and answer the emails all the time. And I'm paraphrasing when I was younger, when I first started working here. When I hit 30 and started having kids, I had to start telling them to, to, to like effectively go away and that I would answer them in the nine to five because because I, I and I, I assume he was talking to a younger colleague that probably was just hired and he was saying like, you know, this is not sustainable. 
it's not sustainable to be like constantly like, okay, I got my phone. And at the time it was like, okay, like I got my phone. I'm ready to go all the time. Because the thing is, especially in tech, is that it's different than just business stuff, too, where a lot of business stuff is like you take a call and then you call someone else. Like in tech, it's like, is this database broken? Well, I don't know. It's like a mechanic. You have to like go in there and check it. You have to have your computer. You have to have your credentials there. You have to, like it's a whole freaking thing. So it's a mess. It's a mess out there. Yeah, I now, agree. I agree. It's a mess. It's, a, it's, it, like, it's kind of a disaster. I mean, like in, another little little thing on on that is people people that do do that like answer all their emails after hours and stuff like that if they're working for a company and then there's people that don't do that again those people that aren't doing it are now looking bad because their coworkers their younger coworkers whatever they're more create like ins- insane coworkers again i'm going back to the word insanity insane coworkers are deciding to you know try to be go getters and answer all their emails exactly when they come in and now like when the managers look at it if the managers are bad which like a lot of these managers are they're going to be like oh look this guy answers all their emails immediately even at 3 a.m in the morning and this person that does all their all their work great but doesn't answer their emails at 3 a.m well they're obviously not a hard worker it's changing the bar. It, it, and that, that's where that imposter syndrome comes from, right? Like yeah. It changes the bar. Even if it doesn't actually change the bar, even if the manager doesn't actually care, you mentally, if you see your your, your fellow uh, colleagues answer emails super quickly, you're probably, I would guess, statistically more likely to do that as well. Or at least worry about it, <laughs> which isn't great either way. So this world's crazy. Yep. <laughs> this world's just crazy sometimes. Okay. Now, here's here's a loaded question that we did touch on earlier as well. So I'll I'll read all this and then we'll, we'll discuss it. So some might argue that the joining of work and life together is good, as that may indicate that you are passionate about your job. Some people may actually get anxiety when forcing themselves away, when forcing themselves to stop working for something like the weekend because they want to finish something at work. And they're forcing themselves not to just in the name of that work-life balance or that, hey, this is not work time. Well, now, what do you have to say about this sort of lifestyle? Where do work – or excuse me, where work and life are tied together pretty well synonymously? As I, I heard an example of this on the Ice Coffee Hour. I can't remember the name of the guest. But the, the guy on there was saying – listen to this months ago and this stuck out to me and I remember it. And I'm paraphrasing here from memory, but he said something along the lines of he used to do the thing where, you know, I don't answer emails. I don't work on weekends. And he said he would have so much anxiety over the weekend about not doing work that it like really bothered him. Now, I can't exactly remember what his solution was. But that stood out to me because sometimes you are just about to finish something or you're you are passionate about a certain project or or you're just like i want to get this damn thing done i don't want to see this ever again and now you got to see it on monday because you didn't quite finish it before friday so what's your thought about this the people that are kind of the opposite of what we're mostly talking about which they actually want to have this synonymous lifestyle and like what do you think about the the mental health or the the work-life balance of those people like is this okay like should they continue doing this does passion really drive it enough should they pry themselves away sometimes you know like what do you think mike well it's very difficult for me to tell someone that really wants to work 24 hours a day to not work 24 hours a day like what what, of course who, who am i to tell them not to do that but 
having said that, again, it goes back to that moment that like you have to think about the people around you as well. And really, again, this isn't really on that person. It's not really on the person that wants to work a ton. It's more on the manager to make it so that they can either facilitate someone that really wants to work a ton and facilitate the people that want to do a good job during the work hours and allow them to do that without feeling like imposters. So it's on the manager to do that. But having said that, as a person that like, if you're, if you're going to be answering emails all the freaking time on the weekends, if you're going to be, you know, doing that kind of extra and above work because it makes you feel better, just think a little bit about the other people that can't do that, that have kids or have lives or just don't want to because like, why? You're not getting paid for it. Like most of the time, you're not getting paid for doing that. And just think about them a tiny little bit and think like, how are my actions affecting them? Because if if some, if some if you're constantly getting praised, for instance, for doing what you're doing because you're working 24 hours for free, how does that how does that affect the people that aren't doing that? And is that a bad, like a bad outlook on them? And if that is, maybe you can, I'm not saying you should stop doing that if you love it. Like it's your passion, whatever, fuck do it. But maybe you can go to your managers and be like, Hey, I'm doing this because I love it. Maybe we shouldn't like bring this up every five seconds during a meeting and, you know, alienate me from my team because now they're thinking that they have to work 24 hours a day. Like I, I, that's not the, that's not the point of me working 24 hours or whatever. The point of it is because I love it. They're doing a good job. So I don't know. I, I always think that like during your actions, just think, I'm not saying always think about it, but think tiny bit about what you, how you're doing is affecting the people around you. And it's just going to make for a way better environment for everyone. I like this angle actually a lot because I didn't really think it would be brought into more chatting about people like other people. I always kind of, you know, I tailored these questions toward the individual, like maybe it was us because we're talking, it's our opinions and I'm kind of interviewing you in this mystery episode format. But I like the idea of like taking the idea of like the worker that we're talking about thinking of his colleagues in the, in the respect of his own and their work-life balance. I like the idea that there's, it's like a community aspect. And it's honestly something I never even thought of until we started talking about this. So this is super interesting, actually. And you're right as well, is if you're the person that's like, it's it's so complicated because some workplaces are so competitive that it's like this person has to do it. Sometimes these people want to do it. But there's also that aspect of it does affect your community, meaning your colleagues. So they need to be considered in some way. And it's hard to say to someone, hey, don't work anymore. Or whatever. Yeah. It's fascinating. Because, because like, you don't want to, you know how you're all sitting around the lunch table, whatever, and there's, like, that one person in your team or, like, person that's, like, related to your team that you're like, man, hoo-wee. She really, like, works all the time. She sent emails on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, that person where everyone's like, I don't know how she does it. I don't get it. It's like, if that's as far as it goes and it doesn't actually affect how the manager sees you, then fine. Mm -hmm. But I never thought of the manager being like, hey, why is not everyone like her? Why is not everyone like this one person that's doing all the work? And then that will automatically, effectively throw more work onto your shoulders or more work time onto your shoulders. Yep. 
interesting. That's not, that's not the intention of the person that loves to work, but no. it, is, it, it can be, and it's not like guarantee, but it can be the outcome. Because again, like in these work environments, it is a com- it is competitive. Like a lot of the time, it is competitive, and by doing something like that, you're making a statement that you're, you know, or you, you could potentially be making a statement. Again, it's a very different environment to environment. You could potentially be making a statement that you're better than someone else because you're willing to put in eight hours of your week for free into the company while, you know, Janet is not or Chris is not or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 just working the paid nine to five, doing a good job and going home like regular quote unquote people. So again, like it's not possible for me to go out and say, hey, don't work hard. <laughs> That's stupid. Because if you have the time and if you have the passion, maybe it is, does make sense. But if the manager is signaling signaling you out and making life hell for the rest of the team, again, it's, it is a little bit on you to go to the manager or to go to management and have that conversation with them, in my opinion. And if you're a manager listening to this, have that in mind. Just have it in mind that like some people have that passion and have that time and some people don't and that doesn't make the other person a worse worker unless they're actually shit like like it's possible too but regardless like if the person's doing their job nine to five and that person's doing their job 24 hours a day like don't signal out either of those people and make it awkward for everyone and make everyone have to do 24 hour work periods i'm exaggerating but still this reminds me of that of that story where like whether it's real or not is that story of like remember when when Microsoft was starting didn't like Bill Gates like look at the license plates of the of the employees that came in on the weekend and he was like writing it down to figure out like who was putting in the extra work or something like that something along those lines and like if i was doing that i would be like i kind of feel a little ridiculous yep i'd be like what am i doing here like what like me if i was the manager being like man jim didn't make it in today susie didn't make it in today it's like what i don't know I mean that, but like I mean, that's what you know. Bezos has done. That's what like uh, Steve Jobs and stuff. Like those those crazy people. They are insane. Like I, I'm not using the word insanity just for fun. Like some of these people that just will do anything to succeed, no matter it's, what. It's their passion for Correct. X company to to go, and they yeah. like because of the passion. I would estimate again that they're probably so blinded to the fact that it's like, why aren't these people working more? It's like. Because they don't have the same passion as you. They're just a software engineer or a logistics expert or whatever they are that you hired. They are that job. They're doing the job so that they have money to do other things. They're not doing the job so that the job is done and just so happen to get money. Yep. That's the difference. And I think that's a much more healthy approach to work in general. Like I very much am strong. I'm a strong believer of work-life balance. That's why we did the four the four day work week episode recently. That's why I'm very much like looking at that as a as a way forward in the future, where like we'll have three days a week that we can do it ourselves. Like I want work-life balance more than anything. I understand that you have to put in the the work for it and stuff like that. Like I fully understand that. But again, it's just one of those things that like, why do you want need to put yourself through that kind of stuff? If it's not necessary, especially when you do like you're, you know, if you're doing good work, if you're doing good work and you're getting the work done and you're hitting the deadlines, this and that. I mean, why? Yeah. Next question here. 
so many people are on salaries, right? They're not they're not on billable hours. They're not on hourly. They don't clock in. They don't clock out. They're on salaries. So should there be some sort of overtime terms of some sort negotiated so that employers are also invested in work-life balance? What I mean by that is right now, if I'm a salary employee and I get paid a thousand dollars a month, let's just say I get paid a thousand dollars a month, that employee, that employee will Let's just say they're assigned to eight hours a day. They're assigned to eight hours a day. They get $1,000 a month, and that's it. If I have to use them for 20 hours a day, sometimes the employee will just rise to the occasion and do it. Now, me as the employer now know, hey, I can use this person for 20 hours a day. And then it slowly becomes the norm. It slowly becomes the expectation. Employee has set the expectations. So should there be an overtime compensation? Because again, generally salaries will say nine to five, Monday to Friday, this is the thing. You get paid this amount, but you don't have to clock in. You don't have to clock out this and that. So should there be a little bit of like overtime or something negotiated so that the employer's like, hang on a minute. I don't want to pay that guy more. (laughs) Hang on a minute. And now they're invested a little bit in your work-life balance, indirectly related, directly, whatever you want to say. But now they're not going to bug you as much because it's going to hit them in the wallet. What do you think? I mean, that the wallet is the best incentivizer. And I, I fully believe that everyone should be paid for exactly the amount that they did. So if you're doing 20 hours a day then you should be paid for 20 hours a day at the legal rates. So that means that, you know, time and a half after nine or whatever. So I think that that should be how it works. I think if you go and answer an email, that should count. I think if you go and look at an email, that should count all of that. I think it's bullshit that companies will just now assume that since we're connected, like you were saying earlier, Matt, we're now working 24 hours a day, essentially for free. No, every like there should be a system in place, whether it's government enforced or not, that's a totally different question. It should be somehow enforced by the company, in my opinion, ideally. Now, that might be idealistic and utopic, but regardless, if it's possible, the company should enforce it because it will allow for better work-life balance. It will allow for people to still have passion in their workplace and stuff like that. Like if someone wants to do that 20-hour day and there's work enough to do it and the manager approves it, do it and get paid for it. That's a great incentivizer. You know what I mean? Like if you really love it and you're getting paid for it now, like it makes more sense. And now the person that's working eight hours or nine hours a day, they don't feel as bad because like now this other person is getting more compensation for doing more work, which makes sense or doing longer work. And And they know that they can do that too if they need money that week or whatever. Exactly. Or or if there's possible. Like I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that statement of like, that will for 100% help work-life balance. That will be the problem solver in this case. But how do you implement that system without without an oversight system? Like without some sort of other body, like other entity, a company is not going to just implement that system to, you know, take money out of their own pockets. Like they're all greedy. Let's be serious. Yeah, I guess, I guess timesheets, like there's ways to do it. There's ways to do, but will they do it without some sort of oversight? Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good, yeah, that's the question. That's the question. So again, it, it's a really difficult topic. I agree that it should be done. I agree that it's a important, it's an important conversation you should have. If, especially if you're in management, especially if you're in like ownership of a company, if you're start, if you're doing a startup, 
that's a great way to bring in talent. Because I, my thing is, is like, I think if you institute a great work-life balance for people, like a four-day work week, like this idea with timesheets and stuff like that, that actually registers to more pay, um, not just for fun. Timesheets for fun is the worst. Uh, but regardless, like if you institute a system that will allow people to forcibly essentially take breaks and recharge, you'll have a better product. You'll have a, a happier work first. You'll have people that are willing to stay there, even if like a better job opens up somewhere. Because we talked about this before the four day work week. If I start at a company and that has a four day work week, and like I like everything there, and another company offers me more money, but they have a five day work week, I don't know if I could make that jump. Like I don't know if I could go back to a five day work week. So I think the retention aspects of a four day is huge. And and again, the four day work week is all about work life balance. So it kind of leads right back into the topic. Like treat your employees like humans. Treat yourself like a human. <laughs> like, yeah, that last one doesn't happen sometimes, which yeah, is crazy, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, we all do it. We all do it, though. 100%. And I, I mean, again, I'm contradicting myself on almost every point at this point, like, especially in the last like few weeks. But regardless, <laughs> uh, if you do that and you have that work-life balance, it'll just be so much better for you to just continue working and be happy and provide a really good product in the end rather than just being beat down to shit and hate everything around you. I like it. All right. Next question then, Mike. Another one a little, little bit loaded. It's the second last question here. The number one thing I hate about lacking work-life balance is being derailed in a situation that needs my full attention, like visiting a tourist location, driving, hanging out, or gaming with friends. Being called about something, especially an emergency, derails the whole mood and ruins my concentration. Now I'm back to thinking about work for the night, for example. Do you experience this sort of situation? I and think I think we, we've, we, we've touched on this again with your dad, but like, what about, what about, so you said you tailor your, let's say your, let's like kind of zone in on this question since we've answered it slightly, but like, if you kind of tailor your, let's say your vacations, like you said, for like the Wi-Fi. So make sure that you have high-speed internet, this and that. Do you tailor the small experiences? Like, is, is going to a movie a problem? Because no. it's not like you're going to be able to pull out your, holy, like, Jesus, Murphy, I got to get this, you know, and then you pull out a laptop and you're, like, running down the aisle. Like, is that what you're going to, we got to get this data bit, you know, like, how does this affect you in, in situations doesn't. that require your attention? It doesn't. Like, literally does not. It, I, I don't care. Like, I'll, if I go to a movie, I'll turn off my phone and it doesn't even, like, it doesn't even bother me at all that it's there. So, like, just a blunt answer is it doesn't affect me um, for the most, like, almost 99% of the way through. Like, again, I I'm sure that I could receive a call that would derail me, but I haven't yet. Okay. Interesting. Because I, I, like, personally on my side, like, one of the things I always hate is, like, a lot of my personal time is actually planned. Like, hey – Four of us are going to jump online at this time. And though, even though some people will be like, well, you're just jumping online. It's like, yeah, but like, it's a plan. Like, it's an online plan. It's still a damn plan. Um, and then someone will be like, oh, like, I need help with this really quick. And it just derails me completely. Or someone will keep like calling and you're like, you're trying to play a game. And I realize it's just a game, but it's like someone's constantly calling you. And like, the response sort of is like, well, it's just a website. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what you want to say, but you don't want to say that. It's sort of it's sort of like this weird thing where, like, I feel guilty for doing things that take my full attention in my leisure time because I could be looking at my phone. So then that derails my work-life balance in that way. As an anxious, impulsive person, as I've said a million times, my like, that's about me. It's yeah. a problem for me. But yeah. it's getting better. Like, I just kind of, like, flip my phone away. Like, that that's kind of what the phone does. Is I'm just sort of like, oh, this phone's on the desk. And then that's it. And then I don't check it till the next morning or whatever, whenever I see fit. But it's still something to keep in mind. And it's still something that some people may avoid things that make them like people may avoid things that make them leave their house even like, oh, I got to stay just in case. Like, got my office at home. You know, I got my home office here. I can't go out that long. Like, that's too long. I'm not going to have a laptop with me at Canada's Wonderland. I'm not going to have a laptop with me at this like, you know, tourist attraction. Something like that. So I'm sure that that's affected somebody. I'm not that bad, but I do get affected, as I've already said. So something to keep in mind. So last question. The name of the episode as well. He said the name of the episode in the episode. (laughs) Is work-life balance dead? And do we need to fight for it? Take it away, Mike. Yeah, I guess this is like closing statements, essentially. Uh, So I don't think it's fully dead, but it is... It is very risky. Like it, it's in a risk. It's endangered. Let's just say that. It, <laughs> it's work endangered. Life, yeah, yeah. Work, work-life balance is endangered uh, like the dodo was until it died. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It It is for sure something that we need to be consciously aware of. It's something that we need to fight for because if we don't, anything, any ground we give Unfortunately, the larger corporations, your bosses, uh, small like small businesses, whatever, will take advantage of it. That person that works the twenty hours without getting pay- without getting paid, you think he's going to get something for it? Maybe a thanks. Maybe that's a best case scenario. So again, it is on us. It is on our employers. It is on the managers. Anyone that's listening to kind of fight back and set. Find very, very strong lines in your life. If you need to be gone after five, you need to set those boundaries early on. If the if you get to an interview and you have that question, of, like you have that that uh, that chance to ask a question of the interviewer, one of the questions you can ask is, "How do you handle work life balance? Do people work on weekends? What do you expect of me after I'm gone from from the office?" And there will be a very clear indication there. Now, they could lie to you, all that, sure. But you might get a very clear indication of what they're expecting of you. They might say, hey, we expect all of our employees to be on call 24-7. That might – like that's legitimately something that they could say because maybe there's a competitive workplace, work environment. Maybe like, you know, it's a bank company or something crazy like that where they can – they have a mil- like infinite amounts of re- um, employees and infinite amounts of uh, new hires. So they don't care. It's possible. So again, ask those questions. If it's important to you, and it should be, ask the question, the right questions. And if you're in a job right now that doesn't have work-life balance, I don't know. Start looking. <laughs> start looking. Try to try to change the environment around you. That's the only way we're going to get out of this because it is endangered. With the ability to connect at any moment, with the phones in our pockets, with the companies not caring, it's just. It, you know, it's it's just a sliver away from being like, okay, we're you're you're constantly on call. Yes, um, I agree with the endangered 
the endangeredness of it. Uh, I think that a lot of places just assume you can just check your phone. Uh, I also thought, I mean, maybe this is just me being old, but like, I always thought it was weird when people are like, oh, my boss just texts me on my personal number. And I'm always like, they're using up your text messages. Like, I realize people have unlimited text, but I always thought that was weird. And then it kind of leads into that, right? Where, oh, like, you can get messaged at any time about work on your personal device now. And it's sort of this slippery slope, which has led to where we are now, where a lot of a lot of people, specifically people that I know in offices, do not have any time to turn off. Uh, Mike has already shared his story about his friends that worked like crazy. He's sharing his own story about burnout. I've shared my story about having the like having to be at the ready phone in the holster type of thing. And it is an endangered species. It's difficult to deal with. And another thing to deal with, too, is like you are as a service provider, if you are a service provider, dealing with somebody else's dream. And as a service provider, not even a service provider, if you're just an employee, you may be driving somebody else's dream. And as a result, that person is blinded by the fact that they're super passionate about what they want built. They're super passionate about the website they commissioned you to build, the web app they commissioned you to build. And if you're working at a company, they want you to make the most sales. If you're in sales, they want you to get the cheapest trucks to do the logistics. They want you to do this and that and that, this and that and this and that. Because chances are that company that you're working at that might be medium to large size started as a small business where someone was super passionate at the helm. Maybe that person is still at the helm. They're very passionate about it. And they think, why would anyone not pick up the phone on a Sunday? There's a trucking problem here. Because they would always do that. And so there needs to be a little bit of give and take where where I think we talked about this in the four day work week where there needs to be a little bit of thought put into, okay, my bosses aren't going to immediately respond to a request or to talking about work-life balance, but we need to bring this up because this, effectively, this well-oiled machine where each person is a cog in the machine that works there is not becoming, is not no longer well-oiled. It's starting to rust. It's starting to wear down. And as you replace employees because they're leaving due to burnout, this and that, you're not getting the same level of seniority. You're not getting the same level of loyalty. And if you have a fast turnaround rate and you have very specialized positions in your company, you're not going to get the same level of work generally because people are not going to be as specialized for you. And so the conversation needs to come down to it, come down to this where you need to have a conversation with people about, you know, are they okay with taking calls on weekends? Should there be some overtime pay? Uh, is it, you know, when is acceptable and not acceptable for a, a customer to be mad? Like, that's another thing. Sometimes it's okay for a customer to be mad. Now, people are going to say, hey, what the hell? Like, that's ridiculous. But like, I, Mike and I have been talking. Customers and people, like us too, sometimes they just get mad about stuff. This is a bad situation. Hey, this is down. If you answer two days late because it went down on Friday after you left and you answer on Monday, they might be really mad. And again, situations may vary. Maybe you have contractual obligations. But assuming you don't have a contractual obligation, you know, you're going to fix it on Monday. And they're going to, but they were, they were mad on Saturday. They were mad on that Friday. They were mad on that Sunday. They're mad on the Monday and you fixed it. Sometimes you just have to let people be a little bit mad. Now, again, even in our case, you know, having two, three days of downtime in some of our projects is unacceptable. It's really bad. But we've had people, for example, we've had people sign up and it just so happened that they signed up for the web app 
as there was a DNS server uh, migration or a change or, or an error or something that our host was dealing with. We can't deal with it. Our host is dealing with it. And the person messages us and says, we need to do this right now. What would you like me to do about that? Rip up the entire thing, go to another host that hopefully isn't using the same DNS infrastructure, put that all together, wait the 48 hours for the DNS to, like, like, come on. Like, there's a, there's an outage here. What happens when you go out to your car, you really need to get to some place. The car doesn't start. Do you rush to, like, wherever the mechanic is and go to them and say, this needs to be fixed right away? Maybe you do that. But chances are that they will put you in in their schedule. Because people, like, and us included, right? People will get irate when things go wrong. Sometimes people are just going to be irate. One of the things I told Mike one day was that I said, I stopped accepting anger as a currency. I was in an email thread years a couple years ago, and someone said, this person's pretty pissed off about this. And I was thinking to myself, okay, but we're doing everything that we've been asked. Like, I'll, you know, if someone's angry, I'll, like, absolutely deal with customer service properly. But if we've done everything they've asked and we're, you know, we're in, we were doing something that was pretty like state of the art, this and that. And so it was always an if, you know, is this going to work? May not. This might be a disaster. And so my answer was like, tell them I'm mad too. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, what would you like me to do? Like, oh man, I better do another eight hours of work. Maybe, maybe that'll make them less mad. And so you know, deal with customers properly. Don't tell them off. Deal with their anger. Of course, you don't want angry customers, of course, but people are just going to be irate. People aren't going to be happy all the time. Do your best. Do what you can. And everyone's different with work-life balance. Some people want to work all the time. Some people don't. And just try to find the best thing for you. And if you need to, bring it to your manager. Bring it to the authority that's there, your manager, your lead hand, whatever it is. And try to have like a serious conversation and know that Maybe some people will think that you're lazy for asking for more time off or more than this and more than that. But chances are that's just imposter syndrome. And hopefully there's some colleagues there to back you up. And that's my closing statement. <laughs> I had to say that so I would stop because I was just going to keep ranting. So I, I, I stopped myself. So <laughs> good work. <laughs> but I think this is a, uh, a great episode. I mean, I wrote it. So, of course, uh <laughs> But Mike, unless you have anything else other than your closing statement to add, I think I'm going to run the old conclusion. Runner up. Alrighty. Well, remember that we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML, the things check out the tiers and give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on YouTube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design, LocalPathComputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital via BlueBlackDigital.com, Chris from Selfmade Web Designer via SelfmadeWebDesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com, DL Ford from DLFord.io, BibHash from 9BlockMedia on 9BlockMedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca, Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se, and Jeff from Twitter via at therithic. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. 
web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.